Hey, Road Trippers. It's your Road Tripping fam here. Allie Clifton, Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson. Uh, and we would love to tell you about a product that we personally use every single day. And we love if you follow us on social media, if you follow the podcast, whether watching or listening, I'm sure you know exactly where we're headed with this. It's called Athletic Greens, AG1. We all take it, love it. One scoop and eight ounces of water. Um, we'll tell you a little bit about it, but first, guys, you're still using it every single day. Packets, scoop in the water, on the go. Scoop it and dupe it. <laughs> scoop it and dupe it, huh? <laughs> scoop it and chug it. Scoop it and chug it. That's how we like to do it. I'm Richard. Sometimes, when things are going well. Rich, you were actually just traveling for a week. That's the only thing, honestly. Did you take like, your AG1 with you? The, the only thing that kind of keeps me regimented, because sometimes the workouts come and go on the road. Sometimes the eating healthy comes and goes on the road. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are the two things that are the first thing that go. But, like, if you can keep if you can keep a healthy, you know, packet, just something that kind of keeps you going so you're not eating Starbucks coffee and, and, and cheddar sandwiches every freaking morning on the road, like, so that's – that's what I do. I have that as my breakfast. I'm good. I keep it pushing. So it gives you a peace of mind uh, packed with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, and even probiotics. I'm a big fan because I have been able to eliminate every other daily vitamin uh, in pill form, which is nice. Opening every single bottle and making sure I'm taking the correct ones. It's all in one packet or one scoop. Uh, again, we love it. And with season coming, Channing's getting back on the road as well. Uh, it's just that daily assurance for us. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash road and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance today. Again, go to athleticgreens.com slash road and get started today. And with that said, guys, cheers. Cheers. Let's go. Welcome into this edition of Road Trippin'. I'm your host, Allie Clifton, Richard Jefferson, Channing Fry. Um, the last time we were together, first of all, a lot has happened. But the last time we were together, we were in Vegas. Rich, you were semi there. You yeah. were very dialed in, locked in, remote. But Channing and I were there. We tore up Vegas. Almost missed my flight home after oh. rescheduling my flight. Um, but yeah, <laughs> shout out. Uh yeah, it's been a minute. How have you guys oh. been? What's been going on? Personally, first, before we dive into all the latest with the NBA. Personally, I'll tell you what, I'm fucking pissed off. Let me tell you why I'm pissed off, right? <laughs> I'm pissed off. What week is this in football? Week five, week four, something along those lines. Yeah, shit. week four. What we aren't going to do is we just talk shit about the team. Hold on. So, I, so look, I got to finish this. I gotta, I'm finishing this mean text. <laughs> this is what happened. So. My boy, Andy Jaspin, go back. He's on like the third episode ever of road tripping, right? It's our boy. First of all, Andy. he is a, his name is Andy. Again, his name is Jaspin <laughs> and no one knew. I'm so glad. I can't wait to show him this clip because everyone does the exact same thing. So I have to go to Nike to host a panel. So I miss our fantasy football draft and Ali Channing, you guys know our fantasy football draft is intense. We don't talk about it publicly, but it's an intense draft. So I love those lips. Uh, so this is <laughs> so I missed the draft. I missed the draft, but I'm like, I need somebody to draft for me. Now, our team is our draft situation is not the normal one. Uh, Josh Kroenke won the fantasy football draft. So he hosted us at SoFi in the owner suite. Then we all went to the game. We all went to the game and uh, opening night. So I'm like, this is a great moment i want to share this with somebody so i was like jazz you just moved back to la i need you to draft for me he was like where's it at i'm like it's at sofi he's like i'm in cool i'm in so jazz goes he drafts and he knows everybody luke all the guys that he went to college with they were just surprised that he was the person that was coming to draft for me because i've never missed a draft in the 15 years we've done it so he drafts, a, he's from New Orleans. He drafts a really fucking shitty team. Alvin Kamara, uh, fucking, fucking Jameson Winston and this, like, like, whatever. He drafts a shitty team. I don't complain. I don't say a single word. I'm like, cool, whatever. We're off to a slow start. Not a big deal. He's on the text chain. Everything's great. This morning, this morning, right? The Saints played in London. Alvin Kamara, Jameson Winston, they're both 
questionable. But you have to either take them out of your lineup or put them in your lineup, but they're playing in London. So it happened at like 4 a.m. So both my guys go from questionable to out. I'm obviously not excited about it. Look, and like, look, if you really wanted to do some stuff, the draft, you'd have to get some shit, but they would help you out. They get it. Like, whatever, bro. I'm not changing my lineup at 4 a.m. looking at that. So I open up the text chain to just see all this stuff's going on. Jasmine's in there talking shit about me. He's in there like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I'm not Richard's partner. I'm not on his team. He's like, yeah, text Richard. His team sucks. And I'm like, mother fuck, what? <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I have not questioned you one time about your draft privately or publicly. I'm like, bro, it's fine. It's week three because I'm just trying to make him feel good about himself. Get him back into the league because he used to be in the league. Then it got priced out of his range. And then the league started doing some different shit. Oh, that's so mean. Do we really need to divulge that information? (laughs) No, now. Yes. 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 We can fucking edit this out, whatever. It's it's not his fault. He 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 he's the best friends of a bunch of like millionaire basketball right. players, right? Like jazz, jazz. Like come he on, knows. That, he knows. He knows. That's mm-hmm. our that's our guy. So I wake I, I wake up and I see his team's like yeah, Richard's teams, and I'm like I start texting. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? I'm like, I was like, dude, you are such a coward. He was like, what you said that we were on the team. I'm like, yo, bro. You're a part of this. If we were 4-0, you'd be swinging your fucking cock talking about how awesome you are and how great you are and how you should be the new commissioner of the league. We start off 3-0 and or, 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 or 0-3, and, and now you're like, Richard's team sucks. And I'm like, bro, how you got, like, we're not in this together. He's like, well, you said we were. I was like, yeah, because he's like, I didn't do any of the entry fees. I'm like, yeah, I covered the entry fee. And now he's like stabbing me in my back on the text chain, joining everybody else talking shit about my team. And I'm like, sounds like this- a GM owner issue yeah. right there. That's yeah. a GM I'm like, owner. Oh, I'm like, oh, you don't like doing fun shit. You don't like doing fun shit. That's all I, all I hear is you don't like doing fun shit. Okay, bro, say less. Next time I need somebody in a pinch to go do something extremely awesome, you know what? I'll look other, I'll look other places. No you, thing, no, you won't. Yes, no, you won't. It'll be Jasmine. Yes, It'll be Andy no, Jasmine no, every no, time. No. <laughs> Jasmine wasn't even my first fucking choice. Let me put it that way. It wasn't <laughs> even my Jasmine. first choice. Getting roasted right now. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I'm hot. I'm hot. I like. I am. It's nine thirty in the morning, and I'm furiously texting Jasmine. I called him. And he didn't even pick up. You want to? You want to know what I said on the check chain? Let me see what I. Let me tell you guys. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'm hot right now. I'm hot. Where is this damn text? Where it's on WhatsApp, right? Right? We're on WhatsApp. This dude. Um, yeah, I, I might have gotten a little aggressive. And I was like, look, he was talking trade. He's like, somebody's like, a Geeter goes, Why do you hate jazz? Why'd you cut jazz? And he's laughing on text chain. Literally, I'm this the, the stuff that he is saying, he's like, that's Rich's team, not mine. Bitch, you drafted it. <laughs> you have two New Orleans Saints, your team. That you don't know is playing in London at 5 a.m. So obviously, and we know Jazz is a big time New Orleans fan. Like, I got no issue with that, right? But like, he goes, I benched it, but, and he's like, and he's just killing me on the text chain as my teammate. So, you know, this is what I said. Look, look, my bad. I let the draft. Now he thinks he's 5'8 with heels on chirping. When I give a dog a bone, I don't want to hear how it tastes. <laughs> what? Wow. Is your problem? Wow. Fuck him. Wow. I'm not. Speaking of that, there's a couple topics actually we could stay on with the NFL before we dive into NBA stuff. Uh, what is your before you got on here, Rich? Uh, Channing was divulging in his uh, NFL fantasy draft name. What is your <laughs> name, Richard? Before we get to what is mine, yeah, uh, yeah. I have a couple that most recently. Uh, <laughs> So part Josh, Josh, Josh was going to put Josh. He asked us to send in all of our pictures in team names uh, to him because he was going to put them up on the big like jumbotron. Right. Like every time we would draft, they were going to have somebody do it. It was going to be dope. And then he started seeing some of the team names. (laughs) He was like, too good. He's like, yeah, no, I can't. He's like, you know, it sounded like a good idea. But then it. it, Then he realized who his friends were. Yeah. Yeah. He realized who his friends were. My mine is I have one that's Gamblers Anonymous times two. It it makes sense if you're a part of the league, and the other one is uh, Gators bitches. <laughs> she doesn't know that reference know the, from other guys. You know, it, it, it's from other guys. It's Gators bitches. You know, yeah. It's just it's a great Gator don't play. 
Gator don't play. So when Gator needs his money, he gonna get his money from his bitches. Yeah, yeah. Get his bitches what better beware, your... Jimmy. Oh my god. <laughs> we are quoting the philosopher Channing. Will Will Ferrell. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, love that dude. Channing, what is your fantasy? Uh movie? well, I will say I was a champion last year, but I don't know about this year. I'm one and three. It's a little shaky. All my wide receivers got hurt. Uh, but it is Big Dong Shula. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and this week I'm playing a buddy of mine and his name is Scottsdale Cooter Shooters. <laughs> what you call last it? Last week. What was it it's, called? It's uh, Scottsdale Cooter Shooters. <laughs> Do you know? Like, he can't even say it. Did you just what hear about, what Richard just repeated back? Yeah, Scottsdale, Scottsdale Cooter Shooters. Cooter Shooters, yeah. Cooter Shooter. Uh, the funniest one is the, one of the funniest ones. We got a lot, we got a lot of them. Like uh, Team Sordick. Because they can't be beat. Because <laughs> they oh can't be beat. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm sorry. Then there's the Anteaters because they're uh, oh, the yeah. two guys are both uncircumcised. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there's some great – There's bad. look, there's some – this is an adult men's league. There's some great names. Yeah. My great Gambler's names. Anonymous one Say has less. more of a story to it. We are going to dive into the NBA, but I do want to get your thoughts because it's obviously a very important and heavily discussed topic right now with the NFL, the Tua situation. Come on, man. Come on, man. No, like, did you guys see this morning that Bills fans have already generated a thousand dollars to go towards Tua's charities? Yeah. Bills fans. Rex Ryan was on ESPN NFL countdown uh, mm -hmm. this morning saying, that he treated all of his players like his sons and he would not have put them back on the field in that situation. Duh. Well, oh, but oh, again, okay. <clears throat> it's like Richard. Go have ahead. you ever been concussed? No, no, I know. I'm tough. I, I have well, twice, by the way, and I it's missed awful. six months of it's a season. Awful. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Horrible. I probably, mine wasn't I probably mine have. Was two I weeks. Probably yeah, mine have. was bad. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying you gotta, you gotta protect Okay, so let's say this. There are only realistically 10 or 11 good quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Two is one of the younger upstarts, right? Starting to kind of get his feet. Dolphins are a good team. That, you have to protect some of your best players. You have to protect all your players, but especially at that position. Especially at mm -hmm. his age, right? I, I just think you can't replace those type of guys, right? Just because of one game. Right, you have to you have to stop being so nearsighted, right? The Dolphins are a good team this year; they've been winning. So just take the L next week, have your guy ready to go, and go try to win some games. But protect your protect your investment, protect your entertainers, like protect the players. But that hit, just, but that hit, but also the one thing I will say that hit: if you had never had a concussion in your day in life, that hit could have could have been the ender. Because you yeah. saw it, the way he was whipped down and hit his head, that wasn't oh. like a, a hammer. Like, that was like a whip and boom onto a hard rock of a surface, right? Like yeah. like the ground. So that's, that's another where thing. Like, Get rid of AstroTurf. Yeah, complete. Or, but I'm saying completely separate. If you would have just seen that hit and not known what happened the week before, what happened to him in that moment seemed pretty accurate given the blow that he had had. That, that was my thing is just that – is that like that blow alone could have, you know, done Ended. like obviously it did it did do serious damage, right? Just alone. That's why it's the cumulative effect, right? And that's you know, we know, oh, it was my back. And like these guys, they want to be soldiers. They want to be these guys out there. And I, I like there's parts of it that you respect it, but that's why. And when they like fire the 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 person that that's just they have levels of checks. So that the team doesn't get blamed. Well, we fired the guy that allowed him to go out there. It's like, come on, bro. Come on. Yeah. We know what that it's just is. Like you're being so nearsighted. You, 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 a guy like that's not, he's replaceable, but he is not replaceable. Oh, right? he'll it's get, like, he'll get, he'll get fired. Even if he didn't let him go back in there, he was going to get fired. <laughs> he was going to, either way, he, just, that man was losing yeah. his job. Obviously, the NFL and the NBA are completely separate. I get it. The, the, demands on the body, et cetera, and the way you guys move. But I remember when the NBA took it up a notch with their NBA protocol yeah, um, for concussion protocol. I'm sorry. And they held Kevin Love out of the damn finals because yeah, of a concussion. Conference finals. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, finals, <laughs> conference finals. He was yes, seven of a like, conference. Yeah. Stop it. And we're talking about so week I, three. 
I read and so I was thinking to myself just like what is it you know they often say like you sometimes have to protect the player from themselves right and, and it comes down to the training staff etc and our guy who joined us on the podcast obviously in Vegas Chris Long I saw his tweet and he said someone just asked me how the players continue playing fast and physical after that guys are resilient it's messed up but ball players compartmentalize like a motherfucker with the best of them no, the best. They are the best. Not with the now, best. Outside of military. Outside of military. Like, yeah. yeah. That's said, why. Now, I, if protocol wasn't followed and I'm a coach or executive who greenlit him playing four days after a head injury, I have no idea how you're focused on the game. Shit is going to get real. Um, Yeah, I just find that incredibly crazy. Again, like I said, I had a concussion, obviously basketball completely separate, but my brother was medically disqualified from college hoops because of concussions that Damn. he suffered in high school football. He was a quarterback. Unfortunately, led with this head a couple corn of times. Corey, yeah. But the point being here is he suffered two really crazy ones in football in high school, leading with his head. Um, and then he got one big one in college for basketball. My brother hasn't been the same since. He still wakes up and has issues today. He graduated Damn. college in like 2016. That's like on the lowest, not the lowest level. I'm not, you know, downplaying right, right, that at all. Me. But concussions are real, to your point. Yeah. Concussions are serious. And at it what point so in time serious. do you draw that line? They've yeah, been trying to do from himself. Yeah, you yeah. gotta protect him from himself. Yeah, like, and, and look, if you're, if you're if you're Tua, if you're Tua, and your team is looking this good and things are going great, like you trying to get that bag, like you gonna take yourself out there, right? Like we've all done it. Like, and there's times where like looking back on things where you're like, oh, I was probably concussed there. Kept playing, <laughs> right? Like one time, yeah. I think we talked about Lakers. Playing against the Lakers, Luke and them, Lamar Odom comes down with an elbow directly on my eye, completely accidental. I'm talking about leaking. My eye closed up. They had to give me stitches. And then I come back like the start of the second half, right? Because it happened, I think, like early in the first quarter. Take me back. Shoot me up. I just had an elbow from a 6'10 man that split my eye open and I was playing back in the game in 20 minutes. And I'm not saying yeah. this, to, but mm -hmm. I'm saying like, I didn't go through any concussion protocol. This was, this was in 2007 before any, any protocol, any of this, it was just like, all right, Richard, go back out there. And my coach yelled at me. Right. And my coach yelled at me. So I get back in the game, like whatever, Lawrence Frank, couple things happen, whatever, just like a missed shot or something. And then like, we're in a timeout and he was like, are you fine? Are, are you fine? And I'm like, motherfucker, I don't have to play. I can sit my ass down here, right here and chill. I'm out here doing this, doing the best I can. Like cut me a little bit of a slack here. Right. Like yeah. mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the mindset that goes in there. So like, even when you do have something happen to you, like I've been yelled at because I wasn't playing well enough once I got back in the game. Like, like, and I'm going to look at him like, motherfucker, like you could have taken that elbow. Like you could have taken that. You'd still be over there right now getting on a stretcher. Right. And I'm back in here stitched up, ready to go. That's the mentality. The athletes have the, the, there's, there's, there's certain levels of professions Military, in my opinion, number one, number two, athletes or people that are using like, you know, I'm talking about chess players, like anybody that's doing anything that takes that type of like sustained mental focus for success against another person. Yeah, but you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you sit out, oh, he's soft and this and that. And then if you go in, there's no there's no leeway. If you go in hurt, they expect you to be 100 percent. I remember mm -hmm. Penny Hardaway. I played with him my rookie year just for a little bit. I think before he either got traded or retired, something happened. But he was like, Channing, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you are not 100%, don't go out there. Because if you're hurt and you play hurt, they're not going to give you any sympathy. He goes, go out there when you're healthy, when you can play the best of your ability, because you're not going to be the hero going out there hurt. Because they're going to be like, why are you out there hurt? Like Anthony Davis went out there, tried to play hurt, Right. And then all of a sudden he goes and sits down and now we're like, well, Anthony Davis is hurt all the time, but we forget that he actually tried to go play hurt. Mm -hmm. It just looked like crap. So I go sit that? down. So there's no, there isn't any, there's no middle ground for that, especially in professional sports. It's like, if you're hurt, sit your butt down until you're not. Have you guys ever taken quarter zone shots? 
like to play? No, lived on it. I refuse. That's what Lived, she's like, lived oh, Okay, so that's how you tore your arch. So I had bone spurs in my ankle, and I like I just didn't have any like strength in my ankle. So the only time it would feel good, they gave me a cortisone shot. But you know this, Allie, and anybody that's taking cortisone shots, they last less and less. The first time you do it, mm-hmm. it might last for a month. The next time you do it, it might last for three weeks. Then like it's just like it progressively get worse. And so I remember like um one um they were like, Hey Richard, like we can keep giving you shots to get through the season. Cause they couldn't find anything that was wrong. It was basically going to be like an exploratory surgery. They're like, it could be this, it could be that it could be some tendons. They didn't know. So finally I decide after I was like, dude, I've taken three quarter zone shots and we were in like January. And I'm like, there's no way if someone would tell like anybody, you need eight quarter zone shots in your ankle to get through the season Right. Because they were like, well, you know, surgery, you could do it when the season's over. And I know. And I was like, oh, hell no. Because I was like, there's no way. So what happens? I end up having surgery on my ankle. They find a bunch of bone spurs. They take them out. I'm fucking fine. Six weeks later, I was like, yo, we could have done this at the beginning of the season. I was like hot. But it was more of just like I literally was like thinking to myself, I'm like. I would never allow my son to take six quarter zones. And I had already had my contract. I was like two years into a six year deal. So I wasn't stressed from that point, but it was like, it was just like, you look at some of the, the recommendations and all of the things. And I had saw 12 doctors and none of them could really pinpoint it, but they the answer was either have exploratory surgery or take cortisone shots to get through the season. Like it's a, it, some of these choices are like, they're, they're not fun ones. And I agree with, you know, at the end of the day, as athletes, we, we feel that we have one job to do and that's go out and perform. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, when you're laying on the ground and you're having a neurological response where your fingers are going all different directions, Yo. the shit is scary. It's real. And you need to pay attention. They don't see some bad injuries. That's... That one might be <clears throat> then he played on Thursday. Players. He yep. had a concussion potentially. I won't say he had a concussion on Sunday. And played again yeah. on Thursday and took a far more aggressive blow. He didn't even have a full week to recover. The NFL, we know the truth. We don't like people know it. We it's like you accept it, you get it. But like they and then they added more games and players were okay with it. It's just like NBA is talking about playing less games, right? The NBA is like, well, the, the hell it is on your body. And enough all players are like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to add one more. How about a Tuesday night game too? Let's go Sunday to Tuesday. It's like, what the fuck, guys? They complained about oh, Thursday night man. games and then added another one. Scary. All right. Mm-hmm. That's scary. And yet we're over here pissed off about our fantasy football. Trips. I'm furious. I'm not Having mad at the Having said that. Jaspin. <laughs> Andrew Andy Jaspin. Jaspin. Um, all right. Having said that, you uh, said Anthony Davis. So that means we're going to transition into the NBA. But before we do, uh, we want to tell you about a product that we are extremely excited about. We take every single day. We're very consistent with it. It's called Athletic Greens. The guys love it. I love it. One scoop and eight to 10 ounces of water a day. Um, it's packed with 75 different high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and even probiotics. Um, it's all about reclaiming your health and giving you that daily nutritional assurance that you need. Um, yeah, we love it, and, and we want to share it with you. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Makes it really easy. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash in and take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance go to athleticgreens.com slash roadtripping get started today um guys since we last spoke before this is not an easy and fun conversation to have Uh, a lot of sensitive subjects topics going around uh the nba as of late but these things did transpire over the three weeks that we were off given our work that we did in vegas so i want to get your thoughts um rich i know that you were kind of at the the forefront of it all with espn covering um these topics let's begin with um, the Celtics, Ime Yudoka, being suspended for the 22-23 season for multiple violations of team policies. Uh, more recently, been reported that Yudoka used crude language in his dialogue with a female subordinate prior to the start of an improper workplace relationship with the woman. Your thoughts uh, from the both of you, whoever would like to start. I'll let Richard go first. No, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> you know, look. This has been talked about 
if you listen to our podcast, you obviously know enough about the story because it is a really big deal inside the basketball world, just inside the sports world, given that it's the, you know, the Boston Celtics and, and how important they are to the league. You know what? I often look for, I often look for in situations that, that don't fully make sense to me, right? Where I'm not, I look at how everyone's reacting that is in the know, right? That, I, that That's what I pay attention to. I look at how Brad Stevens, I look at how the owners, uh, you know, is acting. I look at how the players are acting. I look at how um, Ime is, is acting and everyone, while people aren't, might, are, no one's happy about the way this situation is playing out. They are all keeping it together. So that to me lets me know that whatever the suspension was, whatever the reason why, all of the things, the inappropriate stuff, they don't deem it enough for him to be fired right now at this moment, but they do feel like it it warrants a, a very, very large and stern send a message type uh, penalty. Um, and Ime is accepting of that. Right. Like he's not going to the coaches association. He's not petitioning to the league saying this is unfair. He's not saying anything. He's accepting the penalty and he's trying to move on. Right. Like to me, that's an admission of guilt. That's also an admission of acceptance. And so at that point in time, if the parties involved are okay, I want to say are okay, are 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 handling it, then everybody else, we, we don't need to be like, well, what's this? Well, how's this? Well, who's this? And what the, is there any more? What well, doesn't make sense? Why didn't they do it? It's like they handled it in their house. He's accepting of the largest penalty we've seen from a coach. He's accepting it and he's moving on. That means that lets me know that he feels whatever is going on is probably the best way to handle it. That's all I got for you. Yeah, well, I think it's, uh, I think I can, well, I completely agree with Richard. I also feel like right now people are so thirsty for more drama, right? Mm -hmm. And I think obviously, in my honest opinion, I don't know if the Celtics really handled that all correctly, right? And I think there could have been a little bit more tact when dealing with the media or like which information comes out in which order. I also feel like, you know, I was Emay's teammate. You know, he lives up in Portland. So my relationship with him, he's cool as shit with me. I love Emay. Like, I love every time I see him, what's up, how you doing? Talking about, you know, whether he was in Philly or whether he's in San Antonio. But that doesn't, you know, my relationship with him is different than maybe what's going on in Boston. But I still agree with Richard. It's like, he's not coming out arguing with it. Boston is moving on. The players have all said, hey, we need to move on. Like, none of them have come out. Like, they all say, I don't know. We don't know what happened or how this is what. And so if they're keeping it that tight, then we have to stop trying to pry and get and look peep through the people and just move on. There's a thousand extra amazing stories going on in the league that we can focus on. But why do we want to focus on that one? It's just because it seems like it's drama. We're like, tell us more. And they're like, well, it's over. No, 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 no. Tell us more. You're just like, mm -hmm. yeah, we already took care of it. Like let as, as media, we can't keep dwelling on it. Obviously we're, this is the, I think this is the end of that conversation until something happens, but like, let's focus on some of the amazing things that are going on in the league instead of like, like I said, like trying to undo somebody's, you know, eye hole and look in the, into the room. I, I agree with both of you, uh, and thank you for giving your thoughts on it because it's not an easy subject, right? Because I think at the end of the day, the only people that truly understand and know what went on were the ones that were involved. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Rich, you followed that that lead. He's come forth. He's taking accountability uh, of his actions, et cetera. Let's move on. But in moving on is my next question. As an organization that were in the finals a season ago and were – odds on favorite to win the NBA championship this season. How do you as players Woof. all take that perspective? <laughs> Move on. Woof. Move what is yeah, the, I mean, you got the conversation to. in the locker room? Third coach in three years. Take that moment yeah. now. Take that moment now. Now, these are younger players. Not young, 
their experience. These are some of the most talented young players we got in the league on the planet. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, you know, Jalen Brown, Brown, like, you know, Malcolm Brogdon. Like, I know Malcolm Brogdon has been in basketball purgatory in Indiana the last three years, but people forget this man was rookie of the year. He's nice. Giannis was not happy when he left, was not happy, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, he's a, he, he's a guy that knows how to play basketball, and that's why a lot of people went at the start of the year when they got him at the point guard, put Marcus – at like the two guard, but but put him at the two, but also, you know, allow him to kind of roam and handle the ball because he improved his decision-making so much over the past like year when he was playing the point guard. Point being is this, they now are starting at a, instead of starting at with a 10% lead, they are starting with a 10% deficit. That's the issue. I don't think it's a distraction. I don't think like you'd be surprised. Like again, compartmentalizing, we talked about it. Players, like, bro, like, who's my coach? Not my coach. It's not going to affect me trying to make the all-star game, trying to hit my my bonuses, trying to help our team win. Like, you got to keep it pushing. But, yeah, they're going to – they'll probably still be in the mix at the end, but not the same with if Ime was there, in my opinion. Well, I say this. I think you look at, like, what Brad Stevens did with them, and then you look at what Ime did with them. They are young men that need to be held accountable and – the communication, I think the way a coach communicates with his best players shows how good of a coach he is. And we can't deny that Ime is a hell of a coach because he got the best of the best out of all those kids, right, out of those young men. I don't know if this new coach is going to be able to communicate and tell Jason Tatum, that's a fucked up shot. What the hell are you doing? I don't know if you ever look at what Ime, Ime necessarily doesn't Ime, yell, Ime, Ime, Ime but he'll bring you man. over like this. He'll be like, hey, come here, come here. What the fuck are you doing? Do you want to win this goddamn game? Go play. But they respect that. They like they like that communication. Chemistry-wise, holding Jason accountable as much as Robert Williams, as much as whoever's coming off the bench, makes them an extremely dangerous team. They got players that can flat-out play basketball. They need to be held accountable to what is good basketball night in and night out, right? Especially your best players. If Jason Tatum isn't going downhill, if he's settling for those sidestep threes, if Marcus Smart is shooting crazy shots, if if Brogdon isn't playing with intensity or complaining about not getting shots, your coach needs to wrangle that in and put everybody on the plane of this is how we're going to play to win. Now, I'm curious if he can do that, I know right. that Frank yeah. Vogel can do that. Yeah. And Will I don't Hardy, know this Will Hardy, young guy. the new head coach of the Utah Jazz, yeah. he's not on the staff. Like people need to understand right. how losing, how losing, st- like those stabs. My, my especially rookie, assistant coaches. Yeah, my Ooh, rookie get, year. Get your ass over get here. Get your ass over here. It was Byron Scott. We had Byron Scott at the head. We had Eddie Jordan, and then we had Lawrence Frank. We had a great staff. Right. Yeah. Eddie was running the offense. Uh, 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 Lawrence Frank was running the defense. Both of them elite at those specific things. Two years later, all three coaches are in the playoffs. Byron ends up yeah. moving on to New Orleans in the playoffs. Eddie Jordan goes to Washington and is the head coach Gilbert and has to deal with that craziness in the playoffs. And then Lawrence Frank is leading us in the playoffs. So it's like we had three coaches, first, second assistants that were on one staff and three years later were head coaches in for playoff teams. So when you lose guys like Will Hardy, that's detrimental to your, to your staff. Right. And in the way it's like, you know, next man up mentality, but like not, they didn't, they lost their head guy and their number two guy. Like with all due respect, Will Hardy was like, you know, number two. Celtics last year, 51 and 31. Obviously we saw where they ended up in the postseason. Do they win 50 games this year? Uh, if, they're, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, I think they're still a because we forget they started off super slow. Like they, yeah. they were on, they weren't playing like yes. they weren't playing consistent yeah. basketball. I, I think, I think if they're healthy, if I they got them get, third in the East, if, I they got can, them third. Yeah, if they can get, if okay. they can get 70 games from their top four guys, 65, 70 mm-hmm. games from yeah. their top four guys, then yeah, I think so. I yeah. got Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, uh, New, uh, Brooklyn. Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, Brooklyn. That's my four. Interesting. Yeah. Philly. Philly, here's why. That yeah, I don't clip know on Doc and James? <laughs> yes. Yes. Really? But James, yes. But 
you're starting this now. So you're not talking about, hey, we need you to you know, be in shape. We're talking about, hey, we're building this relationship between you and Joel early on in the season. So we're also like, hey, we put other people around you to make you better. They have a year underneath their belt. Joel feels slighted because he's not an MVP, so he's going to be in crazy shape. All of them are being a lot more aggressive towards a regular season where last year I think they were like, oh, we have James Harden. We're just going to walk in here when it's like, oh, no, we got some some things to accomplish. I like his attitude. I like the way that Doc is talking to James early. And now if they could just get consistent aggressiveness, it's going to be hard. And the East sucks this year. No offense. The East is is very top-heavy. There's top four teams, right? I got Cleveland five. But that's we're going to disagree. Like, we're going to disagree. We're going to disagree. Let's disagree. We're going to disagree. Okay. To say that the Eastern Conference is trash this year, okay, I know that might be a slight exaggeration. This is it's slight, exaggeration. That's, that's yeah. okay. It's that's our chan- very top that's heavy. Our, that's our Channing exaggeration. <laughs> that's our Channing exaggeration, right? It's top heavy. I, but, well, hear me out. Hear me out. Let's go down some of these teams, right? Okay. All right. Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Boston. Now, who okay. are the next tier? Now, who are the next tier? Cleveland. They have three all-stars on their team. Now, they got to right. put it together, but they got three all-stars. Totally. So, that, so that's it. Chicago Bulls, right? No Lonzo Ball, but still, don't forget DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, like Vucevic, like that team, even though even though they weren't very good, they're still, but we're talking about a regular season team. That team is going to, should, if healthy, should win 45 games at least. That that team okay, should win 45 games, right? Like th- Richard, this all they were very. Now, I, now I had to talk- do a lot of research on the Bulls. They okay. are not very good without a point guard. I, I, I don't. I I don't disagree. Where's Alex Caruso fitting in there? Yeah. Again, Alex Caruso missed a ton of time last year. He's but not a what point, I'm saying is, like, you point can go. Guard. You can go down now, Charlotte. There, I said, there, where there. is he fitting in? That's all. Go Charlotte. On. Yeah. No, Charlotte. There to me, the where. Atlanta, we got DeJounte Murray. Don't forget about DeJounte Murray. So we got to see. So we can't say that if you told me that team won 48 wins, 48 games this year with uh, with two all-stars in their backcourt. Right. Uh, like there's just a lot of teams that that you can go down the list in that conference and say, like, hey, if they're between 40 and 47 wins, that seems like we even talked about, you know, there's some other teams that we shouldn't talk about. But I'm sorry. The, the one East thing I will think say Orlando's going to have a good year this year. No. Listening to both of you right there, though, though Channing was a bit dramatic with the trash comment, <laughs> Rich, your bottom tier were a lot of ifs. I think there's a separation. I'm just saying this is in like Atlanta. I'm not going to crown Atlanta, but we can't just look at that team and say that that team's not a, like, doesn't have the potential. They start to prove it. There's only two people that I believe in. That, that. Young yeah. teams on upswings because I believe that they get better. Like let's say like a Memphis, you know, Golden State was once that team. Like young teams on the upswing, and then veteran proven teams. Those are the teams, like guys that I know have done it. I'm not going to say that I believe in Philly when I have never watched Joel Embiid do it, and I've never watched James Harden do it, but I've watched Giannis do it, and I've watched Middleton do it. So to me, Philly's got to prove to me in the long term that they can do what the guys on Milwaukee has done. So like I'm not like I, I they might be playing better basketball. I'll just never say that I would pick Philly to be over Milwaukee when Milwaukee During a regular healthy season? is the best. Yeah. Yeah, because Milwaukee's okay, had so the best has Milwaukee year. gotten better? They haven't gotten better this year. They were Who's the your best top four, team Rich? last year. The best Who's teams top are four, the top Rich? four. Unless and, and what about the what? Let's have that what if conversation. What? Why are we just crowning Brooklyn? They I'm no Ben Simmons Brooklyn. hasn't played. No one's crowned. But I you know have Brooklyn one. at three. No, I did not. I did not have Brooklyn at three. I did not have Brooklyn. At I three. don't think he was saying it. I was, it I was referencing your top four. You said top four, so I listed your four. Your the four teams that you said. Oh, okay. I think Milwaukee's number one in my opinion. Okay. Uh, I think I think Milwaukee's number one because I think they beat Boston. They beat Boston if Middleton plays. It took them to seven. I think. I, I think true, there's true. no team out there that would have beat them, and that they were the defending champion. So to me, they don't necessarily have to get that much better. They just need to be healthy. That's like, and I know that's something that no one can can control, but I just think they need to be healthy. Anyway, fast forward. So we got them outside of that. (laughs) Outside. No, but I'm saying outside of that, I think it's everyone is, everyone is tiered the same. I think, I think 
for instance, I think Cleveland can win a bunch of games, but not be a great yeah. playoff team because they haven't done it yet. Right. So if you tell me they were going to be the number one seed this year, I wouldn't be surprised because last year the number one seed was 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 there was a difference between a game and a half between like three teams. It was like Milwaukee, uh, Boston, and I forgot who the other team was. And remember, they were jock in Philly. They were jockeying to see who wasn't going to play the Nets and Boston yeah. ended up you know, playing the Nets. So it just to me, it just seems like you you just look in those moments and you're like, uh, the rest of them are in the middle. Atlanta with two. You're not ready cards. to lay them out, but you Fuck see, no. uh, you see confidence in Milwaukee. Okay, so I want to transition real quick to the Nets and the situation. Um, obviously, Kevin Durant had this to say after a recent practice with training camp in full swing. Now, can we move on past this at some point? I know it's an interesting story. I know that it took up most of the offseason and drama sells. I get that, but I didn't miss any games. I didn't miss any practices. I'm still here. So hopefully we can move past that. Will it be easy, doable for KD, Kyrie, Steve Nash, front office to really just move past that? Is it that simple? Is it that easy? Yeah. Compartmentalize. <laughs> yeah. Compartmentalize. Again, yeah. we keep saying these words, people. doesn't mean it's going to be pretty. doesn't mean it's going to be beautiful. But remember, Phil Jackson was talking trash about Kobe in his book. Kobe asked to be traded, talking trash about Will Bynum, uh, about uh, uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Bynum, Will Bynum, shout out, former Arizona Wildcat, talking trash about Andrew Bynum, and the next thing you know, they win two championships together. Like, we are in the, we are, this is not the, like, the friends league, as much as it seems like it's a players league. This is, this is, this is all about the hustle, the job, the whatever. Like, they're going to do their job. Whether or not, yeah, they they're successful. That's another story. Yeah, KD is just like, but I also think the media knows that they can rile KD up at times, right? And so I think he's just like, dude, guys, I said what I said. We talked it out. Here we go. And at the end of the day, we don't know what they said in there. He could say, "Hey, I'm gonna hoop." If you find a deal or a deal that works, then we can make something move. Depending on where we're at, like let's revisit this. But I'm all in on the season. Like there is no team that has more what ifs. Then no, no team. They're they're the most. Uh maybe the Lakers. Maybe the Lakers. Maybe the That's Lakers. Fair. But That's fair. That's fair. They have more what ifs than any other team. It's hard enough to win games, but you're like, what if, like Ben Simmons hasn't played in two years. Kyrie has had injury problems, asked for a trade, then didn't ask for a trade. Then you got what is the bench? Then what KD asked for a trade. What about your coach? What about your GM? What about your coach GM to KD relationship? That's a lot of things like this before the season even starts. But if they get some of that, right? The old season's going to have drama. But if they can get some of that settled out, they're going to be disgustingly good. But the problem is, is it going to happen? And how, much, how consistent is that cool, calm water? The one thing I like won't forget what you guys saying over the summer is that at the end of the day, though, Kyrie and KD are a different kind of just like Hooper. Oh, dude, like yeah. they will go out and just hoop. Like that's yeah. what they. Now, does that hoop there. equate to winning? Uh, well, sometimes and, and, I would say and, most and of the time. We all yes. know. We know how, how like Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie both know how hard it is to win a championship. This is my issue. Kyrie is that dude, but we saw all of us saw firsthand what Braun was doing. Braun was Braun was like doing triple doubles, 40 points, but also he was leading. He was leading off the court. He was leading on the court. He was every single day. Like when when those Cleveland runs, he was that dude. We know like our big guy ain't perfect, but he was doing that. To win a championship if you're Brooklyn, can KD do that same role that 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 Braun was doing? Because even when KD won his championships, he joined a train that was moving and he took him out of the stratosphere. He took him out of the stratosphere. I like with all due respect to the Golden State Warriors, not saying that you guys wouldn't have won championships over the years, but KD made you guys. They said they yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. KD they was took, took him to another stratosphere. And so, but it's different. Everyone keeps talking about it. It's different. It's true. So now you're like, K, KD's got to go do the Braun role, right? Where he's got to go do what we saw Braun do in that fashion and then Kyrie has to also then 
be that guy, be that healthy, and perform the way he did for that whole playoff run? Do we see either of those two guys being able to do it for a full season and a postseason run, beating teams that are fully locked in and focused in one direction? To me, I just don't see that that, that happening. I, I don't see that extra effort. You have to play till you have zero left. Channing, you know. Like, yeah. to me, some of that looks like, uh, one, one, two plays of like, ugh, man, and you're like not going to win that game. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's like he plays, KD plays a lot. He can't play that much. And if you don't have a bench that you could trust. They got a bench. If you don't trust your coach when crunch time comes, that's a big thing. Because you got to trust the play call that the coach calls. But you KD and Kyrie score so easily, they may say, you know, fuck you, Steve. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right? Mm. So what? It, these are a lot of things that we look on the outside because we're not in there. And we say, can they do that consistently? Can they trust Steve to make the right call to sit the bench for six minutes a game during a regular season, right? He wants to play 48 minutes, especially during the playoffs. And then you're like, damn, he ain't got none left. You guys both know Steve very well. Um, obviously, we've had him on the podcast. Channing, you've been a teammate of his. There's friendships, et cetera, that extend. What are you going to be looking for from Steve Nash in this, in this situation and from the jump? Is there something you need to see from Steve? You're going to get fired whether you do or you don't. So you might as well go out there how you want to go out there. And that's just the honest truth. Like, you got to coach. You got to show the, not just your team, but you got to show the rest of the league you can demand respect and that your players are going to respect you and your calls. And you got you to, like, be able to work, right, like a little dance with KD and Kyrie. But at the end of the day, you got to allow them <clears> – <throat> you have to – put pressure on them to make the other players better. Their other players need to be better. You need to bring Ben Simmons along. We know KD and Kyrie could go get anything they want offensively. And KD is very underrated defensively, but can they make other people better or do they run ISO and score 50 a piece, but you lose by five, right? It's like, how do you get the guys that come off the bench to trust in the system that they have, because the starter system ain't the bench system. <laughs> That's the truth. When they go sit down, what, what plays do you run? What is your identity, right? Your identity can't just be throw it to these guys to get the hell out the way, maybe in the playoffs, but what system do you run? Are you attentive defensively? Do, does each game matter? That's things that Steve can show he can instill in these guys uh, and that they don't take plays off. Yeah. And, and, and look, the, the, the lack of discipline and that their that their team oh. showed at times that it was frustrating and it puts so much more pressure on the coach on the best player for instance when you make when you're up by 10 and you end up making like let's say at the end of the third with four minutes ago you're up by 10 you make two bad shots three bad plays not good offense and now you go in up like you know up by two going into the fourth now you're like more apprehensive about taking out your guys because you're like yo they're on the momentum where this where it was really a lack of discipline in the middle of the third quarter and i'm, I'm not talking it's not like i'm talking anything that like athletes don't know the lack of discipline forces you to put guys on the court more and and put more stress on them for longer periods of time so it's not how do we get kevin durant to play less than 42 minutes or less than 44 minutes we need to be more disciplined in the second and third quarter we need to be more disciplined to start the game we have all the offensive talent but if we're getting back cut if we're not getting back on defense if we're not doing any of the thing yo they were like they would get layups and i know this from calling the game they would get layups and then give up fast break opportunities after that at least four or five times a game. And I swear to you, it took every ounce of my energy not to like obliterate them on the Nets broadcast because I'm like, guys, this game can be so easy for you guys, but I can count five times where either someone got a layup or like a dunk in transition. And there was transition going back the other direction. So it was like, you were scoring, but it was just it, it, like that's not even the Warriors. As sexy as their offense is, they're always consistently one of the best defensive teams in the league. Doesn't matter what their offensive firepower is. That's why they're so potent, and that's why they're a dynasty. 
one thing's for sure, all the eyes are going to be on Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Steve Nash to start the season. And Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons, welcome yes. back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by yeah. the way, shout out to our, our friends, JJ Redick and, and the podcast that they did with Ben Simmons. I thought that was very uh, compelling, very yeah. insightful um, on both sides. JJ's questions and also Ben opening up, et cetera. So having said that, we are going to do player previews, team previews over the next several weeks uh, here on this podcast with games starting this week. Um, but until then, I want to finish on this subject. Uh, both of you guys are from Phoenix. You know where I'm going with this. This has been something that has transpired since we last spoke. Um, so the latest with the NBA announcing Suns owner Robert Sarver being suspended for one year, fined $10 million for using the N-word in case you are not a regular on our podcast, getting caught up, using the N-word at least five times when recounting the statements of others and was also involved in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, including sex-related comments and inappropriate comments on employees' appearances. Sarver has recently announced he's beginning the process of selling both the Suns and Mercury. Channing. Well, <laughs> Well, I played there five years, so I'll say this. You also have that insight. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to say this. Him and I, I, I feel like I get along with 99% of all people. Him and I have had a rocky relationship at times, at times, right? And so we'll, we'll leave that, you know, because some stuff is behind closed doors. Some stuff isn't. But I'm also not trying to punch somebody while they're down to me. Phoenix is a top five place to play. When I was playing there, Phoenix was third all-time in wins in the history of the NBA. So it's not like it's a place where they do a lot of rebuilding. When players and free agents don't go there because of the owner, especially to a place like Phoenix, which is absolutely perfect. 82 degrees all season long. Screams, screams issues screams issues you can't get big time free agents to go to phoenix arizona and play for the suns in the winter in the western conference in the winter what come That's on the greatest come place. on such like but you know on. but it's like again there's other places oh we're not gonna even get into that it's just it's just it's but one we'll of the best this. places to play by far by far how do guys go to no offense to Indiana or some of these other places that aren't as quote unquote sexy, but they're not going to Phoenix and it's consensus because of the owner. Look again, there's another team in the Eastern conference where no big free agents want to go because of the owner. There's no consistency. The culture of the, uh, the organization sometimes is fuzzy. Do they pay players? Right, I think DeAndre Aiden's people came out and said the only reason he didn't get that money from the beginning was that up top said, no, you're not worth it. I've seen that in my time while I was there with Amari, with myself, with other players that were supposed to be there based on the culture. Uh, I know a lot of people in Phoenix who worked for the Suns who left and was visibly upset about leaving because of the workplace culture. And a lot of them were women, right? Mothers, stuff like that. So all those stories, I've heard those stories and I'm glad that they came out. Uh, hopefully the next person that takes the Suns on, whoever that is, has a healthy respect for the history of the Suns, the history of like what the Suns do for Phoenix and how good can this team get if you're getting free agents now? Like it's going to be bananas. Well, that's where it's always been. Really quick, Channing, thank you for sharing that. Um, I just had the chills in the most awful way from a sense of, I have two questions for you. Yeah. Are you surprised that it took this long, given what you... Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Really? Yeah. So yeah, he's imagine a mean story. Have you ever heard a mean talk? Yeah. Have you ever heard a mean Ellison talk about the organization mm -hmm. and some of this stuff? A mean yeah. picked me up in a van to go to the sun. So all those Amin stories are mm. Channing stories. Mm. And I was just wow. like, man, I'm just trying to keep it in the league. It were just things that didn't make sense that after going to, you know, Cleveland, after going to other places, you realize, Oh shit, that was like, he wasn't supposed to be doing that. 
He wasn't supposed to be as active as he was and not a way that helps us, if that makes any sense. Yeah. There were just things that you were just like, is this? Like, we were looking around like, is this the Bad News Bears? Like, what are we right, doing wait. here? Yeah, you know. Well, and um, don't forget, before sad. this this last little stretch here, they had mm-hmm. been dog shit. They had been like, yeah, we, we can t- point to the bubble and you can point to all of that stuff. And they were eight on the bubble. And, but like Chris Paul saved their franchise. Like not saying that this team, this team might've been the, you know, the eighth seed, seven seed, they would have been fine. But Chris Paul basically is what took them to that next, that next level. Yeah. But they hadn't made the postseason since Steve Nash, Steve yeah. Nash been since gone. 2010. Yeah, shout out Channing Fry. But that just shows you for the most for and this is where Phoenix is like a random place. To Channing's point, they had the third most wins when he was there in NBA behind Lakers and Celtics, I believe. Yep. Right? Because they just yep. had a very consistent people forget it was like Paul Westfall, and then you had yeah. Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson and Tom Chambers, then Steve Nash, Jason Kidd. Like they had guys roaming through there, uh, Antonio McDice, Rex Chapman. They had guys rolling through there for 25 straight years and were winning. Then it changed. And once the team, when he bought the team, I forgot in 2004, it was right around the time. Like Steve Nash and these guys came in that run. Once that era was over, the real indication for a great franchise is how they rebuild back up, right? The Phoenix Suns historically had always rebuilt back up. They went Charles Barkley era. Then they went Jason Kidd era. Then they got to the Amari, Sean Marion, Steve Nash era that took them till, you know, 2010, basically. Then they couldn't do it again. They couldn't do it again. Like in a place that historically was the third most wins in NBA history hadn't made the postseason in 10 years. If that would have happened for the Lakers or if that would have happened for the Celtics, what would have happened? All hell would break loose. All hell would break loose. If, look, no disrespect, Knicks fans. I'm not. But but you've seen the the how things have been just all hell have been breaking loose in, in, in with, with the, the Knicks. Knicks. Phoenix is just like a smaller market team from that space of like it doesn't get that much media attention as, as the like top four. But, like, you could see that's a pretty trash situation for it to be not since 2010. They had some stretch. They took a gamble on getting Chris Paul, and it turned around their franchise. This was more lucky, in my opinion, than it was by design. Mikel Bridges, the the development of Devin Booker, all of that stuff was great. And then they had a little bit of luck. But, like, consistently over 30, 30 years, the Suns were a much better run team. And that's not me saying it. That's the stats. That's the numbers. That's, that's everything. With Think about this. So, much- so sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll say no, this. When I was there, Steve Kerr and David Griffin was our GM and assistant GM, right? They're doing pretty damn well right now. We were doing pretty damn well. Both of them left that organization because of, not because of the team, not because of all this stuff, but because of what I understood as as a as an issue with the direction of and people hovering over top of them and not allowing them to do their job. David Griffin said, Channing, wherever you go, I'm gonna try to come get you. Griff went to when I signed with Orlando, Griff was in Cleveland. And Griff was like, Channing, I'm gonna try to get you and then and he tried to get exactly. you then and then traded for you. Then traded for me a year and a half later. Steve Kerr, you've seen his mind. He had that same mind back then, of just being able to talk to people, engage them, and you see what he's done with Golden State. You see what the president of Golden State, who used to work for the Suns, was doing. Everyone that has left the Suns during that era, for the most part, has been extremely successful outside of that when they are encouraged and they have a great workplace environment. It's hard to do your job when other people think they could do your job for you. It's like, Hey, clean, clean that up. No, 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 I got it. You should do it like this. You can't, you can't operate or function like that. Also, it doesn't feel good as a player when you delve, dive into the culture of Arizona, into being a son, you take pride with New Jersey, you do well. And obviously you want to get paid for that. And then all of a sudden you're getting skimped when it comes to paying you, right? Like, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good when you're like, man, I love Arizona. I want to stay here. And you th- and somebody thinks you sh- you got to take a pay cut. You're like, wait, what? 
Yeah, the market's not saying I need to take a pay cut. Right. Just you are just saying market I need to take value. a pay cut. And here's a, here's a true story, and I'll tell you this. After my heart issue, we played. They tried to blow up the team. That was the year we won 48 games. 48 games. We missed the playoffs by one game for a rebuilding team. That was Goran Dragic was second team All-NBA. Eric Bledsoe was balling. Miles Plumley was good. Both Morris twins, P.J. Tucker. We had a yeah, really good team. With y'all Jeff were gritty, a gritty, a gritty team. It was great. The chemistry, that was one of my fu- the funnest teams to play on. Comes the contract. I said, hey, I know I could get X over here. Just give me the market value. They went and were like, no, you're not worth this. We're going to give you not even half of, of what I was asking for. I was like, come on, y'all. Like, come on. I just want to be here. I don't need to start. I just want to win. I love playing for Jeff. I love my teammates. They're young. We could get this going again. Nope. They went and signed Isaiah Thomas, right, for that money that they were going to get that I asked for. And shout out IT. But they had three guards right after Goran Dragic. And then traded the IT, and I, then traded IT to Boston and Boston, and then IT goes on to be all NBA. Yes. How many examples do and you I want went, of them not yeah, knowing what the fuck dude, they're doing? Just, yeah. Like, and Isaiah like, went on to be fucking dude. great. And it was, you know, and obviously there's negotiation or could have been other things in play. But when a guy comes back, you do well on a team. And I wasn't saying, you know, I wasn't like, hey, pay me extra because of this, 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 and this. I was like, just give me the market value. I could go get, I went and got 32 from uh, Orlando, right? To help rebuild that team. Mm-hmm. And it, which, which is really like, which well. is really probably like 34 because you're not paying Oh, it was nice. Tax. The taxes were different. Yeah. I was asking for like 22, 24. I wasn't even asking for that much. I was like, just, just keep me paying what you're paying me now. Like, that's it. And I'm it's ready really to grow. It's really simple. It's really fucking Very simple. simple. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was just like, you know what? It hurt. That hurt. Well, I wanted to stay. Yeah, of course. With the most consideration and respect for those that endured so much um, yeah. over those 18 seasons. Mm-hmm. Wow. Having listened to the, the both of you and obviously following along as this situation um, revealed itself, it's obviously, Rich, you said it on ESPN. Why is everyone so sad and down? This is a great freaking thing that's happening yeah, let's go him being out selling the team etc so all the eyes are on now who goes into that position who is that next owner right so Shaq said he would join amazon's founder jeff bezos's group to bid on buying the suns would Shaq and bezos be good for the league yes bezos if has they have some money. people from arizona hey just some consultants <laughs> we'll just get in there as consultants but look, everybody, I got so many texts. Oh, so so many. many people want to be want to be a part of this. Like they take so much pride in, in being a, a son. And we just want the rest of the league to em- embrace that. I think Bezos and uh Shaq would be great. I think they have great business minds. And I think they're looking at Balmer, who was like, just spend a little money. The Clippers are gonna be nice this year. They've slowly built, they put the right people together, and they don't skimp on the players. You want give you them want that type of money. You want that type of money. Like if J- Jeff Bezos loses a hundred million dollars, but he wins a championship, he does not Worth care. It. That's what he. That, like, and I say, and I, when I say lose a hundred million dollars, people understand that. That means like instead of making a hundred and fifty million dollar profit, he only made you know fifty million dollar profit. He's not like writing a check to own the Suns. That just you yeah. know their portion of income changes if they go into the tax. Like the Golden State Warriors, they're having to pay boatloads of taxes. They're not going broke. You just got to win if you're gonna pay if you're gonna pay those taxes. That's all. Yeah. Got to win. So if someone approached you guys, you guys would be all in. No. Ooh, all in. Just depends on how many zeros. I got about three zeros on that. Maybe four. <laughs> Maybe four. Maybe four. <laughs> Consultant. And sweat equity. Sweat equity. Yeah. Um. All right. We're going to end on this one right here. I think it's just fun um, because when we all came together over uh, Summer League in Vegas, our friend Larry Dance Jr., all three names, that's right, uh, joined us on the podcast and Channing and him got a little heated. Um, but can you give your guy some love? He did just get a nice little contract. Yeah. Larry. Yeah. Two years, 21 million. That money. Said three years, 21, two years, two 21 years. million. He's not you, bro. Uh, 
Congrats. <laughs> and I also years, told you that's what you was going to get, you big dummy. Did you really? Yes. Congrats. <laughs> hey, he's, let's just talk about this. As much as we were arguing about Zion, he looks a thousand percent different. A thousand percent different. In a good way? He is going to, in a best way possible. Number one, if he looked he's a thousand smiling. Percent different in a bad way, it would have been really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really bad. <laughs> he's really smart. His attitude is different. His confidence is different. That is dangerous for the rest of the league. Zion looks like an absolute monster. I think Brandon Ingram has an even bigger, takes bigger steps, and their bench is solidified. And then you add CJ. I think Willie Green probably should have got coach of the year, but that's neither here nor there. But I think I think the Pelicans are fourth. I got nothing Ooh. to say to that. I absolutely do not disagree. I think they can. The very summer that I think Cleveland could be number one. I don't think the Pelicans have a playoff run in them, right? Second round at Ooh, best. Second round. Second at round. Best. Second round at best. But I could see I can see them playing well. Four is a strong take. Dude. The weird thing, the weird thing about four is that we we make it seem we that there's like a four game gap between three and you know what I'm saying? Like four could yeah, be yeah. easily it could be a half game because of injuries and like like look, Golden State finished what three last year? But yeah. they were number one per pre-injury. Brooklyn was number mm. one, finished eighth, you know? So it's like Four just means that on like you're going to be middle of the pack, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, shout out, congrats, uh, Larry Nance Jr. Go get yourself some chosen family wines. Yeah, um, drink some more wine. And on that note, Rich, what do you got? For What's us? that? Ah, well, look. Yes. Before the season gets tipped off later this month, I just want to jump into the before the tip presented by our friends at Athletic Greens. Look, I don't know what you guys should think about, but this is what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about. Why is the NBA so dramatic all the time? And I think we just need to really join in the drama. Just, I don't know, make up stuff, crack more jokes. I like to have fun. That's the only reason why I, the way I do what I do is because I just want to crack jokes the whole time. So that's my thing before the tip. Don't feed into the drama, feed into the fun. Just know that the drama is a part of the fun of the NBA. That's before the tip presented by Athletic Greens. Tip off every day the right way with a little bit of drama from the NBA. Also, visit athleticgreens.com slash road tripping today. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's roadtripping.com slash road tripping. Can I please say before we close this out, before the tip and drama? <laughs> Bye. And on Just that note, it's another addiction. Oh, <laughs> <nasty. laughs>